Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth, human performance, and culture change. This is your host, Philip Grison. Thank you for joining me on this path. I hope you enlighten others along the way. Hey, everybody. I've been thinking about the concept of forgiveness lately. Forgiveness can be really tough. I've noticed that a common theme that comes up in conversations about forgiveness with people is some version of I'm not ready yet, or it will be a few years before I can forgive, or I need to work through some things first, or some version of not wanting to do it now, knowing one day you should, but putting it off until a later date. It's normal. In the midst of feeling hurt, attacked, or betrayed, people are so consumed with those negative emotions that they don't even want to think about forgiving the person. They're mad. They're hurt. They've been wronged, and all they focus on is what shouldn't have been done to them. We can hold on to the grudge of betrayal with a death grip, and that death grip is exactly what prevents us from forgiving and truly healing I do all these things, and I see these behaviors in myself. I feel blessed sometimes that I can step outside myself and look back down on myself. But I still see behaviors I would like to change, and that is the greatest blessing of all, to have the ability to look at yourself from an external lens. That grudge holding, the death grip on resentment, it's the emotional, childlike mind that behaves that way. My intellectual mind knows the deeper truth, that no matter how bad I've been wronged by someone, it's the act of forgiveness that releases the pain once and for all. It's funny how that works, isn't it? No one wants to feel the emotions of betrayal, yet forgiveness is the only way to completely let go of them. The death grip on betrayal is the very thing that prevents us letting go and healing and forgiving. So there's that aspect of forgiveness, the healing, the letting go of anger and releasing yourself from the negative emotions that you really don't want to feel anyway. But there's another aspect that is equally important. Being wronged shapes your moral compass and makes you a better person. So here's what I mean. I truly believe that some of the greatest strengths of my character come from betrayal. They were forged in heartbreak. My morals have been shaped by what people have done to me. My deepest non-negotiables were created inside the hurt of how badly people have treated me, all due to the fact that in those experiences, I made a pact with myself that I would never do to another human being what had been done to me. Every betrayal, every injustice that has been bestowed upon me has shaped me to become a better man. And from that place, I should thank my enemies for what they have done for me. Because they have developed and strengthened my moral character into something I have deep pride in. When I was preparing for this podcast, I tried to think back to the first time I was wronged. I remember being four or even younger and some neighbor kids destroying one of my toys. Depending on your age, you might remember Stretch Armstrong. Mr. Stretch was this toy whose arms and legs you could pull and stretch out to great lengths. 
He was supposed to be the unbreakable toy. Well, he wasn't unbreakable. These neighbor girls took that toy from me, and they stretched Mr. Stretch as far as he would go, to the point that they broke him. And they broke me, too, a little that day. They broke some of my innocence. I don't remember all the details of that day, but I can still vividly see the image of Mr. Stretch's arms ripping apart slowly. The material inside the arms looked a little red. It looked different as those girls ripped him apart. I don't remember anything that happened before or after that moment, but I do know this. Betrayal lesson number one, don't be mean. Those mean girls taught me something that day that shaped my character. Don't break other kids' toys. Have respect for the possessions of others. They shaped me. It's overly simplistic, but also the main concept. Someone wronged me, destroyed my toy, and in the process taught me to never do that to someone else. And so began the shaping of my ethics and morals. There are much deeper betrayals I've experienced that have strengthened my moral compass. There was a long time ago when someone I loved deeply, someone I gave all my trust and fidelity to, cheated on me with my best friend at the time. There were multiple infidelities with multiple people. And the only person who didn't know it was going on was me. Yet I am grateful for that experience as it shaped my character in multiple ways. Other than some dumb stuff I did in high school, I've always deeply respected fidelity. In other words, not cheating. It's easy for me to be faithful. I have zero temptation to cheat. I feel guilty if I notice the attractiveness of another woman when I'm in a relationship. I feel cheating is equally bad in your mind as is the physical act. It's easy to be faithful because I know how bad it hurts to be cheated on. I've been cheated on multiple times by more than one woman. I know deeply the receiving end of infidelity. And because of this, I never want any human being to know what that feels like. So I never want to be the contributor to that kind of emotional trauma. But it took being cheated on to develop that non-negotiable. Due to being cheated on, I am thankful to those who betrayed me because they taught me and developed me. So now let's go back to high school for a minute. I have been the cheater too. There was a time in high school where I fooled around with someone else's girl more than once. I've hurt people too. It wasn't until I was on the receiving end of infidelity that my moral compass was truly shaped. Maybe it's karma, but I am thankful and prideful that my fidelity is so strong, but it did take betrayal to develop that character. Had I never been hurt so badly, so betrayed, I may not have the deep respect for the institution of marriage I have today. So I should thank my enemies for teaching me those great moral lessons. You know, another moral lesson from being betrayed is lying. I hate lying and being lied to. I'm not a perfect man. I have faults and have done many wrongs. 
But when faced with having to tell a hard truth or a lie to escape the negative repercussions of telling the truth, the guilt of lying overwhelms me to the point I would rather be honest, even if I suffer punishing consequences for it. And why? Because I know deeply what it feels like to be lied to. I want to trust those in my inner circle. I would much rather hear a painful truth than some sugar-coated crap in a half-hearted effort to minimize my suffering. Give it to me. Let's have the hard conversations and get them over with and work through them. Sometimes I think I may even overshare, but I also value that about my character that I can share my deeper thoughts, even when hard, without having to sugarcoat everything or especially lie. I also reveal information that I know will hurt another person to hear, but I also know they will value my friendship more if they know they can trust me to shoot them straight, even when it hurts. And I learned this lesson from being lied to. So again, I thank those enemies that lied to me. They taught me the values of trust and sharing unpleasant truths. There was a time recently I was having a conversation with a work friend. This friend had a lot of crap being slung at him, but he didn't know what exactly was being said. And I knew. I knew because people said things about him directly to me. They told me things he did, made accusations about his character, and I knew what was being said about him. This work friend was expressing how bad it hurt to know people were saying things about him, accusations about his character, but not knowing exactly what was being said. In that moment, I remember thinking it would be so much easier to say, I don't know what they're saying about you. Or I don't want to repeat those things or something like that. But that would be a cop out. So I gave him some specificity. It wasn't easy for sure. And I knew it may come back to haunt me and it still might. But my moral compass guided me to give him a specific detailed example of what was being said about him. And why? Why did I do this? Because I know what it feels like to be him. I know what it feels like when other people know things and they aren't telling you what is going on or being said. Hard conversations for sure. But the fact that I have been on the receiving end of those types of conversations has shaped my moral compass to have them anyway, even when I might get crap slung right back at me for doing it. So be it. And so again, thank you to my enemies for teaching me and shaping my ethics and moral compass. You see, your enemies are your teachers. They have given you great experiences that shape your character and make you a better ethical person. And with all of this comes the deeper growth that is most important of all, forgiveness. If we look at the world as both are true, my enemies are also my friends because they are my teachers. People have wronged me and I have wronged others. I want to be forgiven for my wrongs. So to truly be forgiven, I must also forgive. Forgiveness 
has so many benefits to the one forgiving. You could say it helps you more than the one who wronged you. You release the anger that consumes your mind and negatively affects your health. You get to move on and focus on the greater purpose you have in your life. Whatever you want to accomplish that is great for this world is held back inside resentment. Your goals, your focus, your passions, all of those things are being held back. Thoughts of anger and betrayal consume you. Forgiveness releases you to fulfill your purpose in life. To learn the moral compass lesson, to grow our ethical standards, this wisdom that strengthens our character, it coexists with the act of forgiveness. I was reading about forgiveness this morning, and I found an article with some questions to ask yourself when you truly want to forgive someone. I want to share some of these questions with you. Number one, Do I believe that forgiving requires something of the other person first? You know, this is a great question to ask yourself. We humans always seem to want the offender to admit their wrongs before we forgive them. But that's not true forgiveness. True forgiveness requires nothing of the offender. If you can't forgive someone without them apologizing first, then you can't truly forgive them. Real forgiveness is totally mine to own. It's not about them. It's all about me. It's 100% about me releasing my hurt and anger and feelings of betrayal. Yes, There was a lesson learned here, and yes, I have become wiser to recognize red flags in people, but at the same time, I will be wronged again. The quicker I can move towards forgiveness, the less time I spend in someone else's swamp. Forgiveness is 100% in my court to do. It requires nothing from another person. It's all on me to own and to do. Question number two, what are the pleasures of this anger and resentment? Maybe this is a hard one. Maybe it's easy for you, but we should reflect on this question. I do notice a sick feeling of pleasure inside of resentment. It could be described as I am right and you are wrong. There's a justification in my anger. They did this to me. So in that frame of mind, I feel a pleasure in that justification of my anger. It's right for me to feel angry. But is it? Anger and resentment do not serve me in any positive way. So that pleasurable justification is actually downright sick. Noticing the pleasure of justification for my anger guides me to the greater truth that I must let go of my anger. To truly heal, I must stop holding on to resentment. I must forgive. Question number three, is withholding forgiveness about my ego? Yes, of course it is. Our ego is usually hovering somewhere between arrogance and low self-esteem. 
In either case, withholding forgiveness is directly tied to my ego. Am I weak for forgiving? Will I appear as soft for forgiving? Will I open myself up to being betrayed again? All of those thoughts are related to low self-esteem. They are related to protectionism. Do I want a stone-cold heart? Or do I want to open my heart up again? Opening my heart up again means I have the potential to feel love deeply again, maybe even deeper than I've ever felt it before. It also means I am opening myself up to the potential of future betrayal. But the more guards I put up around my heart, the shallower the love will be that I can give and I can receive. And this is arrogance. Withholding forgiveness is all about the low self-esteem and arrogance of my ego. Forgiving someone comes from the deeper reality of my true self, my soul, my consciousness than the emotional child in my limbic brain. Question number four, what would forgiveness look like? I'm still processing this one because honestly, I'm still in the middle of seeing what it looks like right now, but I'm seeing glimpses of what forgiveness does look like. Forgiveness is not entertaining anger when someone tells you it's okay to be angry in this situation. Forgiveness is changing the narrative. It's concerned with showing compassion to your enemies when others tell you about wrongs they are doing or have done. Forgiveness looks like changing how you respond to betrayal. Forgiveness is understanding. It's understanding why people do hurtful things, even when you know it's not the right behavior. Maybe they were hurt as a child. Maybe they have deep traumas they're still working through. Maybe they have a mental illness or a personality disorder. Forgiveness looks like the ability to explain the hurtful behaviors of another person without judging them for it. Forgiveness looks like compassion for the offender. Forgiveness also looks like self-reflection. As I mentioned before, I am not a perfect man. I sin and have sinned. I have wronged others. At times, I play a part too in this world filled with hurt and suffering. We all have faults that we are working on. And you know, we tend to rate the faults and betrayals of others. When I rate my wrongdoings as a three and the wrongdoings of another as a 10, I am not truly forgiving the other person. I am only forgiving myself. I am saying my wrongdoings aren't as awful as yours. Forgiveness looks like removing the rating scale of another's sins. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day. It was concerned with temptation. We all have temptations to evil. One person may have a temptation to smoke a cigarette. Another may have a temptation to cheat on their spouse. In this conversation, I was telling my friend how I thank God I don't have the darker temptations that some people have. But looking deeper at this, 
I'm actually rating the darker desires of others. I'm rating sins and wrongdoings and evil acts. I'm saying that my temptations aren't as bad as others. My sin is not as bad as another's. But God doesn't do this. If you are spiritual, sin is sin. When I rate my wrongdoings as a three and the other offender as a ten, I'm doing this from my ego. It's prideful. When I remove the rating scale and reflect on how I have also wronged others in the middle of being wronged by someone else, I am moving toward true forgiveness. True forgiveness looks like removing the rating of another's sins. So all of this to say that I thank my enemies for what they have taught me. They have shaped me to become the wiser moral man I have become. They have taught me lessons that have shaped my character. They have helped me develop non-negotiables of wrongs that I will never do. They have made it easy for me to never commit certain sins. The people that have treated me so badly have also gifted me with a generous heart. Those who have hurt me have taught me compassion and how to love the downtrodden. But the greatest gift that my enemies have given me is that they have inspired me to learn forgiveness. And for that, I am truly thankful for all of my enemies and all of their betrayals. I hope you reflect back on your enemies and thank them for teaching you how to be a moral, loving person. Have a beautiful, forgiving week. Hey there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a review. If you want to connect further, reach out at leaderthink.com.